Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yo, what is up, everybody? It's another week. We're back from Thanksgiving break. So welcome back to another episode the GZ Chop Shop. Let's go. As always, thank you everybody so much for tuning in. We are happy to be here. Uh, and as always, a huge shout out to our Patreons to kick off the episode. Cindy Lou, Charlie, Trent Hollinger, Sailor Lion, Anna Giddens, Boogie Jim, and Tito. Thank you guys so much for being supporters of Gamma Games and the GZ Chop Shop podcast. We love and appreciate you guys. And if you guys want to help support everything we do here for the GZ Chop Shop, you can hit us up on patreon.com forward slash Gamma Games. So without further ado, Warners, what have we got lined up for everybody this week? Some, uh, some fun topics. Uh, Definitely some things happened uh, over the holiday break that uh i'm really excited to talk about um the first one not so fun for for you i know that uh the i just know you have some personal opinions uh on this subject uh the gaming gaming servers that are starting to shut down we're starting to see a lot more of those and what that might mean for people who like to collect things that are hard copies um for sure the 39th uh, Global Stick Award, also known as the People's Gaming Awards, uh, went down on the 23rd, right before Thanksgiving. And the winners of that uh, came out. Um, pretty exciting uh, stuff there. Uh, cloud gaming quality boost. But only if you own, uh, only if you use Edge, the, the internet brow- browser Edge, which just, Because Jesus. nobody uses Edge. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then... Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the new Resident Evil reboot uh, details on Marvel's Blade reboot, at least uh, some some things that have come out lately and uh, things that are known so far. And uh, I know you wanted to talk about uh, the new Matrix movie yes, coming out. soon. Now, that is a movie I'm excited for and definitely got some some thoughts on when we when we get to that. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> with with the with the first topic you brought up, game servers shutting down, and the future of collectibles, and basically having a collection of games, uh, and and I'm and, and we've talked about this. You, you and I have definitely talked about this for months now, over how digital content, while convenient, is in its own way killing part of what makes gaming such an integral part of our culture and, and, and history uh, be, because of the convenience we seek and now we enjoy and, and, and digital content. So 
it came to my attention, I think it was this weekend, and it really made me sad that uh, Sony is shutting down some servers for a couple of their games on the Vita, which, yes, while it was not as loved of a handheld as it could have been, that's mostly because Sony really kind of dropped the ball on it. Um, the games on there definitely had loyal communities. And one of the games is my personal favorite, Soul Sacrifice, which I like to say was the Dark Souls or Demon Souls for the Vita. That game was phenomenal. And it had a loyal user base apparently still online, but now they're they're pretty much shuttering the servers. Um and the you know, the only and this is a downside of consoles, unlike PC, where people can kind of do peer to peer, they can kind of create their own fan base servers when the actual developer servers shut down, people can keep it going on their own. Consoles don't have that benefit. Once a server is gone, that's that's usually it. It's it's dead. It's gone. And a lot of these games, half their charm was being able to to play online. Now, Soul Sacrifice, in my opinion, was a, a tough game. So having someone being able to pop in and help, it really made the game more playable. And, and that was kind of its selling point. It was like it, it, Soul Sacrifice was like, don't do it alone. <laughs> like, yeah, you can play it alone, but don't do it alone. Like, there's no reason to. We're giving you the means to get through this game with help. And, and, and everyone was doing that. They were helping each other out. So if you take away... Uh, an integral part of the game. Yes, you can play it alone, but I'm sure there were so many people out there that obviously half the joy was playing with other people. Like, you know, even if it was like you've built, beat the game inside and out, now it's like beating it with, you know, I don't know, with one hand or, or you're just running through and getting, you know, new character classes built up. If you take that away, it almost kind of kills the game as a whole, you know, and it's like, it it was, yeah, it was designed to have a, a single player aspect, but like I said, it was designed to be a multiplayer game as well. And that's that's been a concern I've always had with so many games taking the, the multiplayer route and also becoming digital only because they're also just pulling that game from the digital storefront. They're not only just killing the server, it's being pulled from the digital storefront. Like you won't even be able to buy the game. So then it's kind of like if they're pulling it from the digital storefront, you know, this this game is like it never existed. It's just gone. You know, you probably can't find a physical copy unless you buy it from another gamer who gives it up. And I, I'm pretty sure if you did digitally download it and you deleted it, um, you may be able to redownload it. But then again, I don't know, because when PT got shuttered, regardless if you had downloaded the demo, if you deleted it right, you know, before they said they were shuttering it and then you went back to try to redownload it, it said, no, it was gone. So I'm thinking that we're heading into the era where we, we've, I think we pretty much can agree. We're already at the point where we don't own games anymore. We no longer own our games. And it seems like they're accelerating the process of cultivating us to accept that fact by saying, Hey, we're killing these servers. This game is dead. You're not going to be able to buy it anymore. Uh, but thank you for your $60, your hundred dollars, whatever. And that's something that's always going to bother me because another prime example is uh, Jump Stars. Now, Jump Stars may not have been a fan favorite in the series of the Shonen Jump Fighter game, um, stemming back to Jump Superstars and Jump Ultimate Stars and back when it was an import. Jump Stars was deemed as the game that should not have happened. And I guess uh, the developers took that literally 
because not even it hasn't even been three years for that game, honestly. And they're already killing the server for it. They already said, hey, after I believe like February, you won't be able to play online anymore. There won't be any more events. There won't be anything for this game. This is a game that's not even five years old and they're already killing the server. They're taking it out the store. If you want to get it, you got to get it now. It's like 20 bucks now because it's on sale. But then, yeah, you get it. But now you're not even going to get the full experience because the whole online section is just going to be dead. And that's a huge part of the game. There's there's like literally whole sections that are dedicated to the online features that will no longer exist. And it's not even a five year old game. And then it's not even going to be obtainable anymore because they're just like, all right, we're just taking it off the store. So it makes me think like, you know, with these games that come out and they come out this full price, I feel like if they're going to be able to just shutter games like that, I feel like they shouldn't be selling $60 games. And I've, I've heard this argument before where people are like, well, you know, you got to think of like, you know, all the other nuances, packaging and all the work. And I, and I totally get that. But if the multiplayer experience is part of that game and you can just take that away, I feel that should be included, you know, in the in considered in when you charge people for the game. That's just, just my take. Yeah, you know, I never I never quite thought about it the the way you described it. Um before, you know, back in the day, uh I remember when if you had a Game Boy Color um or the Game Boy Advance and then they moved up to the SD and they were like, "Hey, uh you know, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance or whatever like can still uh you can still play mm-hmm. them um backwards compatibility and that was really cool. You're like, "Oh, thank God." Um but at the end of the day, you still had the hard copies of the game. You still had your original hell hell devices um, or consoles and in and, and general. And if you have them to this day, you can still play them. Um, if not, you can go online, probably spend a little more money than you want to, but you can probably buy, uh, you know, all these hard copies of these games and a Game Boy Color or PlayStation One or whatever, and you can play these yep. games. I think. I was telling you the other day, I, I, you know, it's not servers they shut down, but when it came to the PlayStation one exclusives, uh, or it was PS one and PS two games that you could play on the PS three. And I think the PS four, um, and then I think, no, it was on the PS three, but when I got the PS four, they didn't allow it anymore. There was no more PlayStation one and very few PlayStation two games you could redownload and play. And there were a ton of PlayStation one digital copies I had on my PlayStation three that I played all the time. And my PlayStation two finally just, it just quit working. I mean, that thing was like nine years old. It, it, <laughs> it gave up. Uh, I mean, the, the fan was blowing so hard. <laughs> it, it was starting, starting to hover. To fly, like, it was, I turned it on and it was like, it would sputter like a car trying to turn on. It was, it, it was insane. Uh, and I, I just remember being so disappointed when I got the PS4 and I log into the store and I can't download most of the games that I used to have. And I don't have hard copies of these. I don't have an original PlayStation one. And some of these games that I had digital copies of, if I wanted a hard copy, they cost a they lot cost of a money. Lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then on the, on the store, they were like 10 yeah. bucks. Um, so that hits like the, that really it's hard to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow knowing that they can, uh, you, you spend a bunch of money on a game, even if it's not 
a triple A game and it's not the most popular game, there's usually going to be some sort of fan base. But you spend all this money on a game, they shut the servers down after a few years if it's not making enough money or whatever the case, and then remove it from the store. And then it's like it never existed. And today it's an even bigger deal because unlike previous consoles and handheld devices where you had to have hard copies, now it's completely digital for the most part. Good luck finding a hard copy and you're definitely going to spend money on the hard copy. It's gone forever. You're never going to play that game again. Yeah. It's literally like it never existed. And that's always going to be something that bothers me because uh, you, you we're at a point now. I have to wonder, should we just wait a few years when a game comes out? Because it seems like the system we've gotten accustomed to a system that has figured figured out how to get you to buy a game more than once. Um, and I feel that Skyrim, Skyrim, Skyrim is a perfect example. of it. <laughs> Skyrim. Skyrim is a perfect example of it, but I also feel that, and I hate to, you know, sound like a conspiracy theorist. Uh, it's not trying to do a tinfoil hat episode, but when you look and think about it, you can't help but, you know, be like, damn, maybe that is the case. I feel that we've gone digital not only one for convenience. Yes, COVID accelerated it, but I feel like COVID just indirectly played into a plan that was already in place and just helped permanently solidify a long-term plan and accelerate its process. Because games were built to last back in the 90s to the early 2000s. They were built to last. Everybody wanted the ability to roll things over. However, Investors, I will say, I won't say developers, I'll say more so probably the investors above the developers said, can we make more? How can we make more? Why are we giving this convenience? They buy a new console, but that's only X amount of dollars. How can we keep making money if they can just, they're going to keep playing their classic games. They're just going to keep rolling them over. They're not buying the new stuff. How do we get them to buy the new stuff? So they, what do they do first? What we think is convenience now is actually just a replacement to convenience we already had. They took away convenience we already had, backwards compatibility. They forced us. And, you know, and, and Nintendo is proving right now with with their uh, I don't, did they didn't they, they didn't already release the the tier for allowing uh, older game downplay. Are you talking about they? the Super Nintendo and Nintendo and Nintendo 64? On the, yeah. the, 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 did, did they already start that? Out. They didn't start they're that all yet, out did right they? Now. They're yeah, all out. OK, I, I thought I, I thought I read that. Uh they they're they're okay that proves that it can be done it can be done and it's probably not a big deal i don't know if i necessarily agree with the tier thing but maybe that's just incentive to help pay for the the online services maybe it's a separate branch in the company that deals just with that um that's my guess uh but regardless they're they're showing us that it's it can be done so why Sony and Microsoft aren't allowing this and letting us keep copy digital copies and continue to play our favorite, you know, classic games. I, I don't understand because there is definitely money to be had there. They'll make money on it, but I, I don't understand like why they won't do it. Um, probably because in their eyes, it's not enough money as they're not trying to appeal Yes, we're the driving force. We're the we're the wallet 
but we're not who they're trying to appeal to. They're trying to appeal to the younger generation. Oh, like Facebook. Yeah, now. exactly. They're trying to appeal to the younger generation because they I guess they feel they're the ones who will get them the traction. They're the ones who will get them the hype. <clears throat> and to be fair, I guess from a marketing standpoint, that makes sense because most of us, we just gripe on social media. And then other times, the other half of us don't even care about social media. So we're not out here marketing freely for them. We're the younger generation. When we were the younger generation, we were doing those things. But now we just want to come home, sit down, have dinner, play our favorite game. And we don't really care about going online and saying, yo, I just did a round of Halo. Check out this clip, yada, 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 every day, hours on end. Where the younger generation, they get a kill on Fortnite, they're putting it on TikTok. They get a kill and hey, it's going on TikTok. So they're appealing to them because they're free marketing. So they know we need to get, we need to target them because they're, they're free promo for us. Not so much us. Yes, we might be supporting most of the money because those are our kids and they come to us. I want this game, but at the same time, that's indirectly free marketing because now they've convinced, they've gotten you to spend the money but they're doing the free, your, your offspring is doing the free promo. So I feel that it's by design and Nintendo just, Nintendo is in a category all to itself. They have a formula that no one else can touch and it works because Nintendo has always established itself as family oriented. That means everyone is covered. So in their eyes, it doesn't matter who picks up their stuff because you as a father Remember classic Nintendo games and you will share that experience with your kids. So in Nintendo's eyes, they still win because now you are more inclined to share their product without any extra work on their part. They give you what you want. You give them what they want money and a bigger audience because now you're sharing that experience with your kids. And then they just in Nintendo has become a legacy. Sony and Microsoft have always been so busy. Sony and Microsoft are competitive by nature and they pretty much benefit the competitive natured gamers. So that's where their focus is going to be. And there's no bigger tell than that than like the Fortnite and, and Call of Duty and uh, Overwatch crowds. And they prefer younger because that's that's where the esports athletes are. They're like in their what? Early 20s to like 15. <laughs> So that's who they're going to be targeting. That's why they don't really care how we feel. We're just kind of like, hey, look, just buy your kid the game. All right. We, yeah. Okay. Grandpa, but buy your kid the game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it sucks because, you know, now, now our stuff is getting shut down. It feels like, you know, we're getting, we're getting phased, phased out. And like I said, they found a way to make us buy things we already had again and again and again and again. And, they're playing off of, for us, they're just playing off of our nostalgia. It's like, okay, well, if you're going to bring it back anyway, you know, like, just just keep everything open. Just roll it over. I don't know. Just emulate it. Like, when the, what? When the new Nintendo, whenever comes out, they'll do it all over again. <laughs> oh, you had a Nintendo online, but that was for the Switch. Yeah. It all started, the, 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 the scheming, I, I say scheming, like, like I have a little conspiracy 
tinfoil hat on the <laughs> but it's like it, it all started going downhill when, when these companies finally back a, back a few years ago it was probably about wait four four years or so ago they finally cracked down so hard on emulator websites mm. that you can there is no emulator they're, website they're you can use they're all gone like I've, I've had people over the past couple of years like dude just get on the emulator i have one i'm like when did you download that you know, like six, seven yeah. years ago, something like that. And I'm like, yeah, they don't exist anymore. You only have it because you already downloaded cool, it and the program's com. on your PC. Yeah. I'm like, and they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, it's Dude, been shut gone. down. They're dead sites. They're, they, they, got, they, they got deleted from yeah. life. And I'm going to tell you, it's not that the companies weren't aware of them for those years. They just realized, wait, why aren't we doing this and selling it and making money? Yeah, the digital the digital marketing marketing uh, arena had gotten to a point where, like you said, it's it they could be making money off that, and uh, they're finally in the place. These gaming companies are finally in a place where they can do that, where they can make the digital content and sell it uh, and make more off that than they do hard copies. So why keep an emulator around that's <laughs> I'm going to make a giving everybody I'm going to make stuff. a terrible, terrible comparison, but I feel like in a weird way, it proves a point. So remember on our after dark, when I was talking about everybody's up in arms about shutting down porn sites and I was like, I feel like the ladies, it's not so much that they were getting over sexualized that offended them. It was the fact that it was for free. <laughs> they didn't care as long as you pay them. Then it's not a problem because when OnlyFans was quote unquote getting shut down, everybody was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Let's talk about this. I've never heard so much outcry of all the shitty things happening in this in this country (laughs) and around the world right now. Nothing was louder than than the outcry for OnlyFans being shut down for sexual content. And I was like, you guys know specific like you guys took that as they were closing up shop and saying farewell and i was like i thought y'all wanted that off the internet weren't y'all crying about this is terrible and this shouldn't be a thing and the minute they said hey we can cleaning up something y'all lost it so i feel that's the comparison it's like nintendo let that sink in Ataki. <laughs> Let that sink in of all the all the crimes against humanity, humanity. all the political divides, all the Mm -hmm. anger in the world right now. And and the loudest outcry for the the year was to keep keep this for the year. Keep the sexual content of openly paid sexual content available. (laughs) That's that shows you where our priority lies. Like that's like that's That's all we get. That's all we want. And that's all we have. Because I said that I said the only reason everyone was pissed about all the other ones and they were on this whole march of shutting them down. It's because it was available to everyone for free. You don't you didn't care that you're over sexualized. You just cared because it was happening for free. And that's how these companies were. You didn't care about emulators until you realized you can make money off of it. Same concept. When you think about it, same concept. They didn't care. And they realized they could make money off of it. Now they care. So now you got to pay for it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but, it, but it works. It's, it's the same mentality thread. It's the same mentality thread. And that's why I'm what's next. What, yeah, what's yeah, next? Cause that's <laughs> when you think about it, it just, it just opens up a whole can of worms. 
I'm just going to get mad. Oh, so what was it? The 39th Golden Stick Award. Can I just say, I I, I find the, the Stick Award name just humorous. It, it's more of a recent change. I think they changed their name back in like 2000, like 17 or 18 or something. But it's traditionally known as the People's Gaming Awards. I, thought, I was and, like, because uh, I was like, did the People's Gaming Award just fade away? And real quick note, can we just talk about studios that just fade away and nobody notices? <laughs> did you know Japan Studio got absorbed earlier this year? I had who, who absorbed them. There, Japan was uh, some company called. Hold on, I will find out right now. It bothered me because there was not a game for a long time that I was not familiar with from Japan Studio, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, they got they got absorbed into Team Asobi," and I I haven't seen anything by Team Asobi. Apparently, they made games for the PS5, but I haven't seen anything by them. But Japan Studio was like. Half of my library is synonymous with them. Like I feel like, oh, Japan Studio. I knew it was a good game. <laughs> and then I come to find out, I was like, oh yeah, they got absorbed. And I was like, when did this happen? April. I was like, where was I? <laughs> no one absorbs people better than Disney. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh yeah, the People's Gaming Awards. Uh what sets this apart from uh, the game awards that most people are familiar with is this one's been around for about thir- I think 39 years. Um, and unlike the game awards, the game awards basically have committees that select uh, about 30 video game, like influential video game news organizations, mm-hmm. and they nominate and vote on the, the video games in several categories. <clears throat> um, and that that's how they go about it. The Golden Joystick Awards, which sounds like a a, a very s- specific porn it award, really does I'm not going to um, lie, but also known as the People's Gaming Awards. Uh, it used it, it used to just be a, a like a, a British thing, like strictly a British thing. But back several years ago, uh, they opened it up for anyone around the world to uh, vote on, and this is strictly. Your everyday person can go online, go to the website, and you can vote on. You can go to a category and make a vote on the game that you feel should win that category. Um, and uh, it's actually the second oldest video game award ceremony uh, after the arcade awards, as far as how long they've been around. So fun, fun fact there. So first, just I, idle curiosity. Any idea why they changed their name? I I, I really don't know. I, I I didn't I've never I never like thought to look at that or anything. I just know that there was a name change I feel like in the that's past. A step backwards. I feel like the People's Game Award was appropriate. Maybe maybe when the gaming awards uh what what did the game the gaming awards uh used to be called something else back in the yeah. day. <clears throat> they got more notice uh, when they changed their name. Like now they're taken way more seriously. Um and maybe the maybe that's why they changed their name because they feel like you know what they probably well no because it still had game in the title so the the spike video game awards Sp- well, yeah, uh, well, like that's that's what the game awards used to be called you know G four and Spike were way ahead of their time yeah oh no they were I remember watching it as a kid like yeah. on TV there was like one channel that 
like not even every day. Like I think it was usually the weekends or something. Uh, one channel, I, f- I forget which one it was. Maybe it was Spike, Spike TV, TV usually uh, hosted like IGN yep. and stuff like that. And like you could watch uh, developers playing games coming up and stuff like that. And like that was like the highlight of the fucking that week. Was, yeah. If you were able to catch it. That was back when they were still trying to combat video games. And so it like careened and plummeted. But, uh, yeah, some, so they, they released, uh, quite a few, um, uh, video games and categories and who won, um, best storytelling was life is strange, best multiplayer. It takes two. Again, these are all from, uh, gamers going online and putting in their personal vote. These aren't companies. It's nothing like that. No committee. These are just all of us voting. Um, so, uh, best audio was, uh, Resident Evil Village. Uh, let's see. Best expansion game, Ghosts of, uh, to, uh, Tushima. I can never say that one right. Yeah. The, uh, yes. Island. It won best game expansion. Um, best gaming hardware, PS5. How? Nobody uh, has Studio one. of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Studio of the year was, uh, Capcom. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, best game community was Final Fantasy 14. Absolutely, hands down. And still playing award, Final Fantasy Absolutely. 14. Uh, the only game Nintendo won, the only or the only category Nintendo won was their own category, Nintendo Game of the <laughs> they Year. They made sure to solidify. Uh, but Metroid, yeah, Metroid Dread, uh, rightfully so, took that one. Um, Ultimate Game of the Year, Resident Evil yeah. Village. Um, and then they had two categories ultimate game of all time and best gaming hardware of all time. Well, we know what best gaming hardware of all time is. So this is going to upset a certain uh, group of people, but best gaming hardware of all time PC. Uh, I think had it not been for the past three or so years, the explosion of streaming and the, I guess, uh, popularity of the, the PCs that got shown, mm-hmm. uh, from these streamers and all, you know, everything kind of glows Twitch and has and RVD lights and all that stuff. Yeah. All the RVG lights and all that stuff, you know, uh, it really took off, especially to the younger generation, um, wanting those things. So had it not been for that and PCs really getting put in the forefront of gaming, uh, and getting that kind of promotion, I don't think PC would have taken it. Not because they are or are not uh, superior in what you can do with them. Um, just because I think consoles would have just naturally continued to be the more popular hardware. I think also for games, <clears throat> even for the people who aren't tech savvy, I think PCs came in for the win easily, probably for parents as well, because. They probably, even though they almost cost the same thing, it just probably seems lighter on a parent when their kid goes, mom, all I want for Christmas is an RTX 3080. I can just put it in the computer I already got. And then, you know, in their head, they're like, what? I don't have to go buy you a whole nother piece of equipment and we got to figure out where to put it. And then I got to tell you to get off of it. It just probably seemed easier for a lot of people because, you know, your, your, your PC community, they're, they're always going to be there. But it's only expanded and you can only assume like not everybody is super savvy. So 
you know, from a simplistic standpoint, that just probably works out for people. It's like, wait, I don't have to go buy a new console every five, six years. I just need to swap out some parts and I can still keep my, you know, my look. And the customization of PCs is like infinite. So that helps too. I want to, I want to read you a couple, uh, actually, before I do that, uh, ultimate game of all time, dark souls, praise the sun of all, not dark souls, two, three remastered dark souls. Why? Because the ultimate game of all time does not care about your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And there were some salty people. Uh, I, I was reading some online reviews about this and uh, some comments and stuff. And uh, there was some upset people. Because, and because one they guy were in was their like, feelings. What? One guy was like, I could never even beat this game. How could it be the ultimate game of all time if it's unbeatable? <laughs> because those of us. <laughs> and then naturally people good. reply to that with, you know, things like get good and and maybe you just suck. Like people just being shitty uh, still made me laugh. But uh, I could beat this, could <laughs> yeah. beat this game. How could? Uh, what's the one? Uh, one one dude said uh, Capcom's been on a roll lately. Nothing but bangers these past few years, and they're right. Capcom has been on a roll. I'm waiting for them to come out with a new Mega Man game, and I think it's pretty much a wrap for everyone else that year. Yeah, you um, need to take that throne back. This one cracked me up. I mean, I don't care for the new Metroid game, but what else did Nintendo have to compete with this year? The Pokemon remakes? Because now I'm just really drawing a blank. And then uh, this person said, I'm, I'm so happy to see a Nintendo game when the Nintendo category <laughs> was expecting Atari to pull through and win that category. <laughs> and then uh, last one, someone said, but what about Mario Golf? But what about? <laughs> Let's be honest. So. That's a very nice. Uh, those community. are just a few comments and stuff I got from a few different sources online that I just thought. Can were we just pr- can funny. we just can we give like a Jeezy honorary award for most thug developer? <clears throat> Nintendo literally having their own category that they cannot. <laughs> How much pull do you have to have to have your own category? You cannot like by default, Nintendo has to win, win something. something. I don't disagree with it, though. They they they're the no one else has that. Best Nintendo uh, game. <laughs> Nintendo's like, what a surprise. <laughs> most uh most wanted game, by the way. I think this is great. Elden Ring, because, you know, the ultimate game of all time, Dark mm-hmm. Souls. Elden Ring is a, is a successor. It's not a sequel, but it's a successor. Uh, most wanted game. You know what? And them winning that, you know, Dark Souls winning that award. Elden Ring is going to sell like crazy. It's going to sell like crazy because now people are going to be curious. I think so, too. I I think it's going to do extremely Have you well. seen demo plays so far? Oh, my God, dude. For okay, you got to think when you're watching a demo play, um, and I've had people complain like it doesn't look that great. I'm like, okay, first of all, when you're watching demo plays, you're not directly watching it with your own eyes on a 4K HDR screen. You're seeing it through 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 whatever they're using through the server, uh, downgraded it's diluted so by it, it runs smoothly. Team. Right, exactly. So I felt that with all that stuff said. Elden Ring and the gameplay, not the storyline or the or the trailer, but the gameplay 
looked phenomenal. I think it looks great. And it, it is going to be it's probably going to be one of the most beautiful games since uh, the Shadow of Colossus. And I stand by that. I will die on that hill because that was a gorgeous oh, yeah. game. That, that actually was a gorgeous game. But Elden Ring, definitely, I feel end of the year, I'll be very surprised if it's not up for a game of the year. I would be very surprised. The only reason oh, it would yeah, not absolutely. be up for game of the year is because all those gaming experts somehow could not beat it. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Apparently, if you can't beat Dark Souls, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not, not fair very, to make it the ultimate game of all time. Ultimate game of all time. I'm with it. And if anything, they were being nice because I still think Demon Souls was harder than Dark Souls. Personally. I, I thought it was so, too. Not that not to downplay Dark no. Souls at all. But Dark Souls just so happens to be uh, in, in terms of most, most recent, recent yeah. you know, the new, the newer one. And uh, still, you can still download and play it on uh, at least online on, on, on the on the computer. I don't know about like PlayStation and stuff. If you can download them or not remasters, um, you probably can get your hands on. I'm sure the remaster. I still yeah. play it in the original um, fashion with its original graphics on its original console. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I didn't have a copy of Dark Souls. Like I had it way back in the day, so I bought the remastered version. And wow, like I love the game all the same, but I didn't feel like when they say remastered, I just. Like it just it looked the same to me. Like it, for its time, it did look mm-hmm. good, um, but I didn't see like any difference that I could remember from like what it used to look like. Maybe it runs smoother. It just or runs smoother. But it's been a while, in my opinion. So, I'm all about that. I'm all about the games that do not care about your feelings, and 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 kind of just leaping <clears throat> leaping our lineup here, bringing something from the tail end to the front. Talking about a game that doesn't care about your feelings, something that you and Yuli have been very invested in lately, uh, the Halo multiplayer. You've been telling me that game not caring about the COD player feelings? Oh, yeah, man. I've seen a lot of videos online from from TikTokers to YouTubers and stuff. Uh, uh, Some of them like professional gamers and developers and stuff that are just talking about Halo Infinity and how... You have these typical COD and Apex players coming in to play Halo Infinity and they're getting upset and they're like, well, obviously you've never played traditional Halo because uh, it's like I told you earlier, Halo is more of a bullet sponge, slightly more team oriented game. Um, Unless you're just exceptionally good, you're just not going to run around and get a bunch of kills by yourself. Like you got to have a little backup. You, you know when you should and shouldn't chase people. You can't just slide in there and shoot someone in the foot and get a kill. Yeah. Like the uh, matter of fact, with the sniper rifle, uh, if it's not a headshot, it's not a one shot kill. And trust me, a lot of games could learn from that. Right. And one thing one thing I did, I not only does Halo Infinity feel like Halo outside it not having dual wielding, which I'm glad it doesn't. It feels like Halo 2 and Halo 3, and they took away a lot of stuff that made Halo 4 and 5 PvP feel like it wasn't Halo, like it was too much messy stuff. Uh, Remember the booster jumps Mm -hmm. they had, I think, in Halo 5? Like, they took that away, thank God. You can run, but it's not like sprinting like in COD, and you can't slide halfway across the map and do super jumps. Like they. (laughs) 
but you have abilities like the little uh slingshot you have like uh you can knock things away from you but it's not like you can grab them and use them so much that it becomes unfair or broken like the game is not broken it is so far fairly uh balanced uh there's no gun that i would be like oh that's meta there's no gun in my opinion on halo infinity that's you know this just proves every gun can be utilized in different ways to, to, to give get you an you advantage. And this proves, this clearly proves that it can be done. But a lot of these games, in the attempt to keep partnerships or keep certain people playing their games, they will cater to these COD and heck, Apex and Overwatch style, you know, players that are like, oh, you know, because <clears throat> what Halo Infinity looks like it's trying to do is it's trying to avoid what every other shooter falls victim to. You get a top tier streamer who goes on a YouTube and goes, this gun is broken and watch what I do. This is the loadout, blah, blah. And people copy and paste it. And then it runs rampant and, and it defeats the purpose of like, okay, well, if everyone's going to run around with an MP five, with this attachment, what, what did we make all these other guns for? Yeah. And there's, there's certain abilities you can pick up here and there and, and during the gameplay that uh, if someone shoots a rocket at you or tries to hit you with the hammer or sword, you can you can counter it or block it or knock them back. Um, but again, you have to find them and pick them up and you only get so many uses. So you can't spam these things. Um, and the only time I've really seen someone get away with abusing the the energy sword and the hammer um, and the rockets like really abuse them is uh, in Fiesta mode. Which is fine because it's Fiesta mode. Everyone's going to get start off with different weapons every time they spawn. Eventually, halfway through the game, like a bunch of weapons are going to be laying on the ground. Like, I don't care. It's Fiesta. That I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Uh, Capture the flag has been fun. I, I wasn't typically I don't, I'm not typically into King of the Hill and Capture the Flag, but I really love it. Um, so overall, Halo Infinity PvP is absolutely just a good time well <clears throat> i was i was kind of out of the loop so i'm definitely going to give it a try because apex has been working my last nerve no this i can relax and play halo infinity even <clears throat> when i'm feeling competitive and still not get mad i got teabagged the other day and, and the only thing i felt was nostalgia <laughs> imagine playing a game and someone teabagging got- and you go ah the memories <laughs> it's halo i'm like it's halo it's okay but you know what there's different forms of like halo teabagging that to me are like some like certain teabags are like just like haha i got you but it's not malicious yeah. but then like if they sit there and teabag you while shooting your face that's malicious like there's different forms of it that you're like i'm not mad that's cool mm-hmm. it happens <sighs> well I will probably be joining you guys on that because, like I said, Apex has been working my last nerve. They're focused more on catering to the meta. And yeah, there's no meta in Halo. It's it's just fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's mat- there, there's going to be matches here and there where you just get wrecked by the other team. Uh, but even then, like I still ultimately overall had fun. I was like, whatever, because most matches were just a good time. I like a game where like experimenting is not going to hurt me. Like, you know, with the other player, it's like, okay, if I don't pick up like in Apex, it's like 
if I'm not running a Metagun and I'm like, I don't feel like running a Metagun, but it bites me because everyone in this lobby is running a Metagun. Like, I want to be able to just play around. It's like, you know, if I pick this up, I want to be able to play with it and see if I like it. I want to be able to try things out. And, you know, because I used to be really big in Halo 3 multiplayer. I actually got really good in Halo 3 multiplayer. First Halo I actually got really good at. And uh, <laughs> I actually was the, the person that could run around and start teabagging people when they would try to rocket me. And I dodged a rocket and then boop, hit him with the skull or hit him with the sword and then hee hee and run away. I, I miss those days. You can still no scope people with the the the, the almost traditional sniper. sniper rifle. Like you can just no scope somebody just as easily. And I'm so glad that they didn't take that away. All right, I'm gonna poke my. I'm gonna definitely poke my nose into there because uh, that's a that's a must. That's definitely a must. Now, <clears throat> so what was the other thing we had? Um, Cloud gaming. Quality. Uh, they're introducing a quality boost feature. Uh, where your games basically hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Look insanely better, but the only way you can utilize this, uh, uh, this aspect of the cloud gaming is on edge uh internet like the edge webs uh, not website, Dear microsoft uh, nobody uses edge next <laughs> yeah no seriously it's, it's uh, clever it's clever though. it's called clarity boost it's an it's cl- called clarity boost and it's an image quality update for its cloud gaming services it's, cl- it's cl- I'm, I'm sorry am i the only one i still don't like playing games on a, on any browser i don't like playing games on browsers i think it's it just doesn't, it feels wrong. It feels really wrong. Like really wrong. Like I, I'm not on my browser to play a game. I'm on my browser to like do work. And I, and I feel the browser already has too much information, too much to do with my life. And now you're in my gaming. It just, I don't know. To me, it feels like How? changing your clothes with the window open. <laughs> what, what game and, and what TV are you using? That are so poor in, in, in graphics and FPS that you feel the need to use a browser to enable a clarity boost for better visual improvements. Like that just sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Now, the only thing I can think of is like maybe there are some games that are only specifically allowed because I'm pretty sure you don't use the cloud service. I don't use the cloud service. So maybe some games can only be run through the cloud service. Like you can't get them in the Microsoft store. You can't get them on steam. They're specifically on X cloud specifically to be run 
through the brow. And then this ties into what we were talking about earlier about not owning your games anymore. Cause that is just, I don't know. That just, that bothers me more than streaming service. Well, and they even say it right here in, in this article on PC gamer. Uh, it's hard to imagine this feature, not eventually rolling out to Chrome, Safari, Android, and other, other browser platforms, unless Microsoft seriously wants to lock it behind a browser with just 9% market shares. <laughs> They really just like underlined and capitalized just 9% market share. But you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a joke, but there's, there's some truth behind that because that's Microsoft is going to wait and see how it, how it pans out for them before they make a, you know, a final decision. If they, if they see like it has potential and people start converting to it, then they'll be nice and be like, okay, we'll make it available for everyone. (laughs) Otherwise it'd be like, no, everyone needs to, Play on edge or get good. It's like, but no. 100%. So I don't know. Like, like I said, nobody uses, nobody uses. Microsoft just can't help it. Like they finally get a W with, uh, with Sega agreeing to work with them partnership and and looking past their bullshit. And then they try to do some more crafty bullshit. And, 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 and a partnership with Sega, that's, that they're not even subtle about it anymore. Microsoft's not even subtle about it anymore. They're like, yeah, we want to buy you out for uh, $200 million. How many moves was Microsoft trying to make this year? I think they solidified their partnership with Bethesda. What was it? End of last end of last year. Was that this year? Or end yeah, of last year. It, I, I think that was the, I think that was this year. I think it was the beginning of look, the year. They were making moves with Bethesda. They're making, they were making a move on discord. They're partnered they up tried. with Sega. They try to buy this. They're pushing their cloud gaming like super hard. They're sitting here doing all this random bullshit. And you mean to tell me they couldn't they couldn't fucking keep up with uh, their, their streaming service mixer. I'm still that the whole situation is still sus. Even a couple years oh, later, it will like, forever be sus. <laughs> like all of a sudden after you have tens of thousands of people using your fucking platform. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, we're shutting down uh, three days. From now. <laughs> we're shutting down. Uh, <laughs> like, we'll send you your, what your, your ad revenue. Later. What? What are you talking about? And then no warning. That will either. forever just, just be in the back of my mind. Like what in the hell? And then they got that Azure cloud service. They're, they're, you know, I don't know if Microsoft X cloud is running on Azure, but the whole Azure cloud thing that they're working on, like Microsoft is trying so hard to push, Digital only. <clears throat> oh, through these various through cloud, these various services, cloud they services they have. And, that, and I don't understand why they have so many. And it, it, will, it bothers me. It bothers me so much. It seems like what I wanted to say earlier about collectibles. It seems like they want to take the chance for people to make uh, <clears throat> high value out of their hands. So, you know, you can't turn around and become a millionaire just because you collected stuff over the next 20 years. It's like these companies are like, Nope, you never owned it. What are you collecting? There's nothing to collect. So now nobody collects anything. Nobody can make a fortune off of a collection because there was nothing to collect, <laughs> but they still make the same amount of money. And it makes me sad. Cause like I look on Instagram and I see like all these people have like retro stuff. Like they, they literally have like arcade machines in their house and the game boys and the game boy colors and pockets and they're collecting all this stuff. And I'm like, 
this stuff is fading out. Like after the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, you can forget it. P- PCs are not collectibles. Are they powerful? People, I want to make it very clear to you guys out there as we are another prediction. You know, we're currently working on a game. Uh, mo- it's mostly Itachi's baby. He's putting in a lot of work here building this game and making it great for you guys. We will not shut our servers down. I swear to God, we will not do it. We will maintain <laughs> them servers will in the event we have. The day I die. We, we get to a point where we can make a game that, that needs servers and has a fan base. We will not shut it down. Or at least guys. figure out a way to make it where you guys can keep it going. Like peer to peer, like they do on online where someone can right. host the server and you just share your internet or however, because this is getting, this is getting ridiculous. And I would love to hope that our game will always forever be available to you guys. That's why I want to make the map. Like I want to make that collector map, a physical collector map, because I feel part of a game experience that used to be so wholesome was that tangible part that a lot of these kids today just don't understand. Like when you it, it's on the equivalent when you used to buy a like a special edition of a movie mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings, for instance, when it came out um, or Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones uh, that, yes. you know, that was a more recent one. Um, and you could buy the map and you could put it up on the yep. wall. Uh, but this used to be a big thing with games back in the day. Uh, th- and this goes. Uh, uh, th- this was a huge thing back when if you wanted to uh, you couldn't go online to like get a walkthrough of the game. Really? You had to buy the magazine that was oh, like kind of sitting guys. there next to the game rack experience, but you'd buy games and you bought like a special edition and it came in like a box, not like just like the game. Like yeah. you see now it's just like in the little package, but they'd come in a big box because, uh, and they would have a map in there. They'd have like this booklet of like in-depth lore and yeah, stuff even like when that. They went from that games they were don't like come with books. anymore. And I would love to get to a point where we can put games out uh, and and give that back, uh, put that back into the that community. Would be, that would be awesome. Like even if it's a digital only game, it'd be like you know, you, you know what? If you guys are listening, if you guys are on Patreon, and, and if you guys are thinking about supporting this show, go to the Patreon. Let us know if that's what you guys would want because I have no problem putting in that extra work, creating the map because I that that that's half the joy of the game is the full immersion, making you a part of the experience, making you a part of the world. I would love for you guys like, where am I supposed to go in this game? And you could just look at the map that's hanging on your wall <laughs> and the lore behind it because this is a very for us the game we're creating is a very lore intensive game. And there's some things that we're not going to be able to put in the game, one for time constraints and and two for size that we're literally gonna have to break up into other different types of media anyway so yeah go 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 hit us up on patreon if you want to be a part of that join us over there patreon.com forward slash gamma games uh because man i would love to bring that back i would love to bring that back like when you went to the store and got a game case it had heft to it 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 had had weight weight. you weren't just opening it up and getting the disc and all this empty space (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, like now it just comes with a manual and it tells you what buttons buying a video game back in. I want to say the definitely from the 90s to the mid 2000s was an experience from the moment Mm -hmm. you walked into the GameStop, even more so if you pre-ordered when you walked in and they you gave them the name, they went in their drawer 
They pulled out your copy, nicely wrapped up. And then they were like, you already paid for yeah. it. And then, and then the book on top of it, it's like, okay, well, and then you got, and it was, eh. and they put it in the bag and you walked out of there with this hefty bag <laughs> for your one game. That was an experience and I loved it. Back then you'd spend like an extra 10, 15 bucks and you'd get like a, like a figurine. Yeah. And- uh, something else with it. Now that's just a DLC. A I remember one time <clears throat> when I went to the GameStop. This was back when like people loved GameStop, and I went and I was getting my. <laughs> people just go in there now to like most people go on GameStop to like they go to this and they see a they, they buy they buy a, a new used <laughs> controller because it's faster than going online and buying and you know buying yeah one. they just broke it so and they then, need uh, one right now. They got some pretty cool like figurines. They're, they're and, mostly and going collectibles, which is, is fine because I like collectibles too. But I remember one time I went in and I got my game. I got the strategy guide, a couple dollars, you know, a couple dollars off because I pre-ordered the game, got my strategy guide. And then at the same time, they were doing like a shiny Pokemon giveaway. So then she put on like these, you know, those little ticket receipts that you could get. And it's like, oh, sc- scratch this off. You get the code, you get your shiny Pokemon. And then they had like, oh, and here's some codes for some DLC. Dude, I went in. And, and walked out with like a big heavy bag after. <laughs> but all I did was pick up a game. And I was like, that was an experience. Not only did I get a new game, I got some free DLC for another game. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, they used to hook you up back yeah. then. That, but that was their way of back then. That was their way of promoing new content, uh, their other games and getting you to go spend the money on the other game. And it worked. But and it worked. And don't get me wrong. Like, I, I absolutely at the end of the day, I love what games are becoming. I love everything that's going on in the gaming uh, streaming world. I think it's amazing. It's not something I ever would have possibly thought about when I was younger. Uh, but uh, just like anything that evolves and grows over time, there's always going to be things that are nostalgic and that we miss about um, even 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we we've come a long way. Um, I guess you could say this is the price of progress. You know, that there's a reason that line exists. The price of progress. Some things got to go away to make way for new things. Um, I feel like it's some of the things that, and and honestly, everything comes full circle. I feel like it probably when we're heading on our way out of this lifetime, we'll start seeing things that we grew up with make a return. Oh, just like just like clothes, just like uh, fads, just like yeah. everything else. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll start to make a return because the excitement and pizzazz of digital content will become so second. So n- the norm that people will get tired of it, they'll get bored of it. So then they'll have to come. Well, back. we see it a little bit now with uh, with how, you know, you can go to a uh, I know Target sells them. Um, I'm sure you can get them at GameStop and Walmart as well. Um, but you can go and buy a. Uh, emulator versions of like a, a mini, yeah, the Sega. mini Segas. Yep. I got one on you know, and, and, and Atari and they come with like, what, like 50 games yeah. or something pre-programmed. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to, I mean, there's people who make, you know, emulator consoles and stuff. We'll, we will, we'll come back to it eventually. Um, especially with how fast we're pushing the digital, the digital era, because eventually it's going to click with someone. They're going to wake up one day and go, wait a minute, I'm spending, $400 a month on stuff floating in the airwaves. 
but I, that I don't actually own. It's like, you know, when Netflix, say you got a favorite movie on Netflix, <clears throat> your favorite movie, you're paying the same subscription as everyone, but then Netflix pulls that movie. Maybe that was one of the reasons you stuck around on Netflix. You know, when Netflix was fairly new and uh, Hulu sucked, Hulu suck sucked bad. for a, a good while. It really, Hulu didn't get amazing until this past, like, maybe four years. Hulu got but I remember trying Hulu out back in like, I think it was like 2013 or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Hulu was. Uh, but when, when Netflix first came out and they, they pulled a series or movie and swapped it with something else, it really did suck. Cause I wasn't, I didn't like spending the extra money to have like the two discs or two DVDs sent to me a month or whatever. Uh, I just thought it was a hassle. Like they <coughs> sent it to me. I sent them down. Like that's extra steps. Uh, but it does suck. They like pull stuff and replace it with something that wasn't as good sometimes. I'm like, damn, that sucks. But now you can just have like one of like fucking 20 streaming apps. Yep. And if it's not on one, it's probably on the other. Now, although I do still to this day take a pet peeve, we talk about DLC. When you think about it, streaming services have DLC. Like Amazon and Hulu. Their DLC is pay for Hulu Plus with stars. Or Amazon, the the no 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 that that that's not a DLC that's a battle that's pass. a battle pass yeah, it's a season pass <laughs> that's a battle pass yeah you're right you're right yeah, it's a season battle pass yeah because you know that stuff comes and goes and I'm like oh man that's where we're at now we just just burning money for things we don't even own because it's it it, it really sucks it's it's weird how we've been programmed now. We will go to the store, a physical store, look at something and it'll say price tag $399 right now up front. And we'll go, Mm-mm, no, too expensive. Not spending that. Save that money. And then turn around <laughs> and drop twice as much in digital content without the blink of an yep. eye. Yep. It's like, or you could just spend that $400 up front, pay it off. Boom. It's yours. Nope. They get us with that. Oh, but this is only 15 bucks a month. And then when you add it all together, you find out you could have bought that one thing because <laughs> you're spending that anyway. That's a one-time 400. Now you're, when you add it all up, you spent that and you're spending that every single month. Consumerism has destroyed and us. And we've accepted it. We just, we've, we've accepted it. Anything above uh, $20 in a store is just like, no, not happening. <laughs> but as long as it's like $15.99. <laughs> I don't, I'm part of the problem. I, you know, I don't remember the last time other than groceries. I pretty much go online and have it shipped to my uh-huh. house unless it's something I part need right now. <laughs> Even if it's something I like, you know, really need, I'm like, oh, ship it to but, me. But you see what I'm saying? Like when you go into a store, even if it's like a tech store as a tech person and you already know nothing's going to be cheap, but you see the price tag for that full upfront price, you look at it and you go, you don't even think payment plan. Most of them have a payment plan. It's like, you don't have to pay this right now. You can pay it in installments, but you see that first part and you're like, no. <laughs> Thank God for pay for PayPal and payment yeah. plans. It's just like, man, they really, uh, 
they've really been they really got us. They've really been programming us and we just we just rolled with it. But I definitely want to end this episode on uh an interesting movie topic. Cause I, I'm personally excited. And the movie I'm talking about is Matrix Resurrections. And the reason I am excited for that movie, I am one of these people who analyzed the shit out of the trailer. Now I've seen a lot of people there going, Oh, it's a reboot. Oh, it's a, it's not really a continuation. And I'm like, y'all didn't really watch the trailer. You, you glazed it. You didn't really pay attention. And that means you've never understood the symbolism behind the matrix in the first place, which is kind of funny because that's the whole, (laughs) cause you've fallen into the trap that the matrix is trying to tell you about. That's the, (laughs) That's you just proved the point of the matrix movie. (laughs) And, and, and I I was watching the trailer and I was watching breakdown videos from people who actually, you know, know the matrix lore and they were paying attention to it. And if the theories that people are coming up with for what the basis of the matrix resurrections is, is winds up being true. That is going to be insane. Because when you look at the trailer in certain screenshots, if you pause it at the right time, you see scenes from the previous Matrix movies being displayed on screens in the trailer, which has led to the theory that this version of the Matrix is using the previous run of the Matrix and saying that it was either a movie or a game. And it's looking like they're leaning to, they're saying that uh, Neo is a game developer who created the Matrix game. And the Matrix has constructed this reality saying that all of his experiences prior was a video game, which would explain why it's on TV screens and movie screens and what those scenes are as a way to keep his memories they're there, but at bay, because now it's just kind of like someone telling you, you know, oh, none of that really happened. You're just re- remembering something you saw in a movie that was from a movie. But really, the Matrix, the, the entity of the Matrix itself has suppressed his memories of what happened uh, because he uh, theoretically lived at the end mm-hmm. of the movie Um. I remember him and the machines made a sort of compromise and I'm guessing the compromise was that the machines maybe leave the humans alone and in return, he no longer tries to come after the machines and trap. So they keep him trapped inside the matrix with further with closer inspection. One of the deals was the choice to be in the matrix, the machines would let the humans have for those who want to stay. And for those who want to get out, <clears throat> they wouldn't prevent that choice. Um, <clears throat> also, he would be a gateway for the machines to kill agent Smith using his body. He would create that link. So the machines could go through mm-hmm. him to completely eradicate Smith. Now, at the end of Matrix Revolutions, uh, you see the world change from the green tint that Matrix was famous for 
to real world colors at the end. And now with resurrections, it's still using those colors. So what everyone needs to remember is the matrix got rebooted, rebooted at the end of revelations. So everyone was kind of stuck like, Oh no, this is a reboot that, you know, Neo, he died and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, did nobody remember the lore? You do realize the Neo we were following was like one of six anomalies. The matrix had been rebooted six times before we were introduced to it. The mm-hmm. architect said, and it was repeating itself it, over and over in a never ending war. Yeah. And the architect said, we have become exceedingly efficient at doing this. <laughs> this is nothing new for us. Cause he said, this will be the sixth time we have rebooted the matrix. They did this on a cycle. Neo was nothing new to them. <clears throat> Even the the Frenchman literally said, your predecessors had more respect than you. These programs already were aware of the anomaly. And the architect even said, we had in our plan to to expect you. We knew this was unavoidable. You're not a surprise. We knew about this. So what we're seeing now is probably the seventh or further reboot of the matrix and maybe uh, this version of Neo is just that much more of an anomaly than they were expecting, or maybe his significance as an anomaly because he did things a little different has more weight in this version. And that's why we're seeing a lot of things repeat, which is how we could explain some of the characters that died uh, being mm-hmm. in this movie. And then, and, and <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm really, uh, and there was a lot of symbolism. There was a lot of color symbolisms. Um, the musical track for Alice in Wonder, on point. And then when you really pay attention and you know, the matrix and you know, the lore, it really messes with you about the real world. <laughs> When you look at it and you're watching it and it's all clicking, like when you see the black cat and you know, that means deja vu when you see if you did. And I've seen if you watch the side by side comparisons from the Matrix one to the Matrix Resurrections, you can tell they did that intentionally, that it's almost a perfect. Repeat. And I'm like, this lives up true to because the the Matrix repeats itself and It brings into question what changed, what became of Neo, uh, where, what is the state of the human world now? And because uh, there's so many theories that people were going in like, well, what if, what if Zion and all that was another layer of the mate? And I was like, okay, now they're trying to get into inception where it's a dream within a dream within a dream. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure the machines just have the matrix and you know, I just want to know what the new threat is. Is the threat Neo himself coming, you know, getting his memories back? You know, what? And and when you really think about it, the because it's been 18 years since the last film. You want to feel old? There you go. It's been 18 years since the last film. Which is perfect time when you think about it, because look at just how fast we're pushing technology now. 
And it and right now resurrections fits because of convenience. Look how convenient. Look how more accepting we are of technology now. Facebook is already talking about their metaverse and and within the next several years being able to put on glasses and and digitally uploading yourself into a, another space where you feel present and you can interact with other people like they're already talking about that that's the goal of metaverse We're literally creating sword on online or the matrix more likely the matrix god i hope i'd prefer sword art art online but you know neither one technically ends well <laughs> if you think about it i'm just saying but this is in my opinion i i'm excited for the matrix resurrections because it's got so much it's it's deep lore, super deep lore. It's super, super deep lore. Um, it really makes you think about honestly your day to day. Not even like in the terms of oh my gosh, is reality over, but just how we consume things without question. How we are literally part of the system. And then how you know when we get the opportunity to wake up. Do we choose to wake up and, you know, break away from the system or do we just stay comfortable like Cypher and be like, no, I want to stay in the in the the rabbit hole. I want to stay in this dream. It's comfortable for me. And when you really think about it, the, you know, the psychological part is just like. It's on point. It's uh, someone the other day asked me, they're like, do you ever feel like any of this isn't real? Like they, they asked me that as a coworker and uh outside work and i was like constantly i'm constantly like i'll be driving in traffic listening to music and i'll think to myself like this is this real is re this is reality like there's not like another reality or something like this is it a bunch of traffic and buildings every now and then i go to another country and check it out it looks cool but at the end of the day i'm like this is it here, here you go um the <laughs> unplug me <laughs> the disappeared civilizations that we have no trace of was the matrix rebooted, <laughs> but they leave it behind. We're, the, We're sequel. the sequel, but they leave it behind for us to build upon as like a memory, like a lost memory, like they're doing Neo in the new movie. Or we convert it into movies. Oh, that didn't happen. That was media. It was a movie. We didn't walk on the moon. That was a movie. <laughs> Imagine, imagine waking up one day and believing everything you've experienced so far in life was just a movie. Like the Truman Show? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know if I'd be like, what kind of movie was that? Was it a was horror that a movie? Horror movie because was it was it, was it, was it, it felt like a thriller, maybe. Man, that would be... With some drama. But here's a real question for you. If you woke up <laughs> tomorrow and found out The Matrix was a real thing, how would you react? I'm sure like anyone else, I'd probably freak out. Would you stay in the matrix or would you get out? If would, would I get to know what yeah. the other side's like? If they said you get, I'd if they, probably, somebody probably. said, look, if you stay in, we can grant you your wish and you, you know, you could be whatever you want to be, but you got to stay in the matrix or you get out and you see what the real world is. There's your question of the week, everyone. <laughs> Poddex, add that to the thing. If the matrix was real, would you stay in or would you get out? Because here's the thing. Which pill would I take? Here's the thing. You stay in, right? 
none of what you're doing is real. You're laying in a pod and it's all in your head in this constructed fake fantasy world. But yes, you'll have all the riches and fame you want. But you wake up and you see what the world really is. Like, it's a tough decision. That's a tough one. There's so many factors involved. There's so many factors. But, you know, if the real world was just like an apocalyptic wasteland of fuckery, I probably just want to stay where I'm at. You would stay in the Matrix? But here's the thing. It's, I mean, if you've woken up, they probably like plugging you completely back in, I feel is like kind of a, an issue because the people, when they pull you out, they didn't have the means to put you back in. So, I mean, you're more likely going to have to deal with a Sentinel. (laughs) So you got to make a deal with a machine to get you plugged back in. I'm sure that'd be pretty traumatic to like experiencing that before you lose your memory. And then here's the thing you come out. Yes. It's apocalyptic world, but you could be part of the people that go back in and you know, now you've got law defying abilities because you've broken free of the system. That's if I live long (laughs) enough to get there. (laughs) Look, Look, hey, at least you find at out. At the end of the day, I, to me, I'm like, if, at the end of the day, I fucking die anyways. Like, <laughs> it, it, either way, eventually I die. I might as well you die. You might as well die in your pot. <laughs> Being fucking happy you might in as my die your pot of peace. I know, I know so many people would try to be like, I'm, you know, courageous and be like, yeah, I would, I would have them unplug me, you know, my freedom. I'm like, fuck you and fuck that answer. You know, damn well, <laughs> you would want to go. It was bad enough. You'd want to sit your ass unbeknownst to anything in that fucking pod and be happy. Yeah, so put me back in my pod, put me back with someone, you know, happy. But here's the thing. <clears throat> you already have that feeling that something's off. I would ask this question. Is there space? Travel? Is there space travel in your in your constructed world? <laughs> no, no, no. In in yeah, in, in in the real world, not the Matrix. Uh, like, is there space? I would like like which one can I go to? Can I travel <laughs> the stars in? Because if I could have anything I wanted, that's what I would want to do. I'd want to just spend my life traveling. See, jokes the universe. on you, right? We already traveled to space. We came across an alien race. We pissed them off, and they stuck us in the Matrix. Give me a shit. They don't want to deal with you. <laughs> That's why we're stuck in a pot. I'm not. I can't be Star Lord no. and just <laughs> be a human no. outlaw. Hey, you know, they ain't no cowboy bebop in this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is an yeah, anime. Man, what's wrong with you? That's why we're the, the, animatrix. Why we're the matrix now. <laughs> so here's my question, though. Jesus Christ. Here's my real, my real question. <clears throat> I've always wondered this, and I've been afraid to ask it. Maybe... How? Yes, we're grown. But in the Matrix, when two people get married and one and they have a child, does the Matrix like just fake construct or do they program people to fall in love because they're growing this baby? You can't like, how do they how, how do they calculate that? Because, you know, that no one these ladies are not getting pregnant in a pod. So how the heck do they do that? 
Are they stabbing you Maybe. in your pod for your sample from this one and then stab this other sample and then because you mingled in the matrix and then stick it together when you do the do? I'm assuming uh, if they have the means to keep people alive in the pod and they need the humans to give them to give them energy and life for the machines, because that's how they utilize yeah. the humans as 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 a form of like farm like we're farm animals. Um, I'm assuming that they can extract like eggs and sperm and all that and like create. You know, okay, uh, but your pod 1467 and this chick is like in a completely different factory. <laughs> like, dude, like, I just don't understand how they how they went about that. I'm, I, I just that was one of the things that's always eluded me. I'm like, we're grown, but in the matrix, people still raise families, still I, have kids. They probably don't, they probably don't get, I, I would assume, get so specific that they, that the real life versions of them get chosen to have that coupling. Coupling, they probably just do they alter your memory and you blink and all of a sudden. Honestly, it's probably none of it's probably. I, I guess they would have to like create a baby because there's a there's a real life for every person in the matrix. There's a real life counterpart for, for the most part, without with the exception of some anomalies and like I think there's like some like computer like computer uh, programs, but for the most everyone part, everyone has a, a human a counterpart. Person. So that's a good question. Like, like when they procreate in the matrix, do they do that on their behalf on the outside and create humans in a lab? That's what I wanted to basically. Know. That's very because interesting. Here's my twisted thought. Good thing to end on. This got fucked up. Are they, do they, uh, stimulate you in your pod and then collect what comes oh, out and God. send it to the other? <laughs> Oh my God, what's wrong with it's you? It's a valid question. I, I'm pretty sure it's like the alien abduction situation. That's not where any they better. Just go in and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, extract what they need. Uh, I don't know anything about a stimulation. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Really makes <laughs> you think about it. it. This is the kind of shit you think you about. You guys think about it. <laughs> when you watch The Matrix and they show you the pod scene, you think about it. And in other news, I uh, I went and saw the new Resident yeah, Evil movie. Yeah, how was movie. that? Um, personally, I liked it. I liked it better than most of the sequels to Mila the other Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, in part, mo- I, I would say mostly because uh, they were they, okay. So the community was kind of like there was concern about some of the actors playing certain mm-hmm. characters, and we got to stop doing that. By the way, we have got to stop blowing off actors and saying, "Well, they don't, they shouldn't play this part because of whatever." Like, fuck you, dude. You know what? Uh, the person that played Leon, Claire, Jill, and Chris Redfield, uh, they fucking nailed their parts. Not only that, they look all of them especially Claire. I mean, Claire, Claire's appearance and how she looks identical her to her, her character, her, her game counterpart. That's awesome. Um, for Albert Wester, uh, I actually thought know, the guy uh, they picked was, was pretty, he nailed it. He, he wasn't just some villain who hid behind his sunglasses and didn't say much. And then suddenly had superhuman abilities. Uh, and then it was like CGI, like it looked fucking good uh he 
everyone everyone um who loves resident evil for the mystery for the lore uh they will like this movie because it stays faithful i think the trailer did them a disservice the trailer was bad i think the trailer it really was the trailer was well, not good you know here's uh, one thought i have i feel sometimes trailers oversell the movie because they show all the good parts in one go and then usually the rest of the movie they they definitely didn't yeah. do that they definitely I think didn't it was do that. reverse uh, reverse marketing it, it sucks cuz it might hurt them but people that want to get you know see a horror film and people who like Resident Evil I think they're still going to give it a chance because they like they they like the you know the story the the police station looks almost just like it does in the oh, game yeah, that I got to see the the typewriting and the papers are identical to the game like there's so many things in this movie that are identical or close to identical to the game they stay true to the game for the most part Again, it's a movie and just like any movie, they can't, you know, 100 percent nail every single Mm. thing. And there's always stuff in the way that kind of prevents some things from happening. Um, I feel like all the characters were developed well enough. Uh, There will definitely be a sequel. Um, I loved uh, uh, Chris Redfield's character. Uh, I, all the actors and, and the characters they played in this movie stayed almost f- pretty true to the characters themselves. And I feel like they did a good job. There's a lot of mixed reviews on the movie right now. And I feel a lot of that has to do because so many people are stuck on the first Resident Evil franchise. Um, but that was not was Resident, Resident Evil in, 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 in a tradition. Yeah, it, it was just the name. Uh, I will give it to the first Resident Evil movie. Just the the first one was fucking good. I I felt like it was it was a different you know they yeah they went they were in the mansion but they don't they didn't really it was the mansion but it go wasn't through really the mansion, mansion like like in the game but ultimately it felt like the game a little bit um, outside Alice not actually being like she didn't really exist yeah. in the game like there wasn't that person. Um, but I did like the movie, but this movie, it's the game. And they they really do a good job. And I feel like a lot of reviews I've seen that were bad were not fair. And I can see that they're really just comparing uh, an action movie to a game that to begin with. Uh, sh- uh, the movie should have been more of a, a thriller horror mystery uh, <clears throat> situation. Mystery. Yeah. Yeah, and it does. It kind of has there's parts to the movie that feel almost like a almost like a crime mystery aspect to it as they're trying to, like, make discoveries and find things and stuff. I hope the actual loyal fan base can rate, you know, come out loud on top of this one, because if it's if it's that good, I would hope it gets a sequel because Resident Resident Evil deserves that because I, I would love to see them do like seven as a movie and eight as a movie. I would love to see, you know, the way the story is meant to be seen and, and heard. That would be awesome because playing it is one thing, but I would love to just kick back and relax and just watch it unfold on screen. That's always what I've wanted from resident evil. So just watch it unfold. Oh yeah. Abs- absolutely. So, yeah. so there you guys have it. Uh, from our resident movie buff, 
Warners. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys haven't already, go check out Resident Evil. I'm going to try to check it out this weekend. Um, definitely going to be looking forward to it. I actually have forgotten it came out, but I've been living under a rock for like the last two weeks. It's yeah, I, I won't claim it to be like a, 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 an A plus movie, but it stayed true to the game. And I felt like as far as it's a good uh, direction for gaming movies, it's a good direction for gaming movies. And compared to the original, it stayed true to the game and it felt much more like the game. So, yeah, if you guys are looking for a movie to check out, make sure to check that out over <clears throat> over the weekend. Uh, really excited to to talk about that after I see it, but we are at the end of our episode. Uh, so <clears throat> just letting everybody know, uh, over the next few weeks leading up to Christmas, uh, episodes might be a little bit spotty. Um, because as we're doing the year end wrap up, or closing up on some projects, getting ready for next year. But once 2022 hits and January opens up, we will be back in full swing. And we are definitely going to be dedicating a lot of time to putting our game into production for you guys. Project Vagabond uh, will definitely be in full swing. So look forward to that and updates. And if you guys want to be a part of the process, get early access to it. Make sure you check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Gamma Games. All of our early access stuff will be up there. All the <clears throat> extras, perks, everything, merchandise, all of it. Go there. You guys have first dibs and early access to all of that. Also, make sure to hit us up on Discord. You can find all of our links on our website, GammaGames.com, which, if you guys didn't know, big highlight, uh, we were featured in some news articles, Fox, NBC, I think CBS. Uh, we, we were, we've been featured. So make sure to visit our website. Check, out, check that out. Check out the article written about us. Uh, we're making moves, and it's thanks to you guys who tune in every week and have been listening to us. So really excited to bring in the new year with you guys, bring in the holidays with you guys. So make sure you guys stay safe out there. Look out for yourself and look out for each other. And we will catch all you amazing people on the next episode. Later, everybody. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.